What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. I hope you are all well. I'm great. Thank you for asking. Um, we're going to start today a little bit on a sour note. Um, I do think it, it it's it's my port of call as an influencer, quote unquote, um, or someone who is in this position of of where people are going to listen. And I want to just talk very, very briefly. I'm not going to go on about it because it's not something that I'm super, super well versed in. Um, but the death of George Floyd, um, absolutely heartbreaking for everyone around the world, let alone the black community. And I think that it hugely, hugely highlights um, the institutionalized racism that's apparent within the American government, the American police. Um, But this does trickle over into a world problem and years and years of oppression are kind of boiled down to this moment where people are now rioting, looting. Um, And what a scary place to be. Can you imagine just walking down the street and people looting rioting because they want their freedom they want their their rights as as african-american as black people to to be heard and it's 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 quite hard for a white person to see that you know especially someone who's a middle-class white british person it's quite hard for someone like us to relate and i think a lot of people listening to this podcast are going to be that middle-class white regardless white i think a lot of people here that listen are going to be white and you're going to be subject to this privilege that you may not know you have some of you may know that you have and it's 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 a very difficult one to navigate but i put a post up this morning um i'm just going to read it out to you and i'm going to leave it at that and i hope that um i hope that it makes sense i hope it resonates with some people but this was my experience so morning thoughts I said, I think my naivety for a long time, um, sorry, I've said that wrong, great start. <laughs> in, I think in my naivety for so long, I was confused by Black Lives Matter. Wait, hear me out. I was always under the impression that all lives matter. And quite frankly, I thought, why should we focus on black lives versus any other life? Every life has the same value. We should be focusing on one race, one species altogether. What I meant was always in favor of eradicating racism and unifying the world, but that was not the way to think about it. As I got older, potentially a little wiser, there is a little caveat there with a lol, (laughs) Um, I read someone comparing the saying all lives matter versus black lives matter as the following. If one person's house is on fire, that is the equivalent of pouring water on everyone's house, not just the ones that need it. From there, it sort of clicked. Countless years of oppression and institutionalized racism has led us to this point in time. I hope it's a turning point. I fear it's another blip in the matrix. I think it's extremely hard to even relate to someone who's been subject to racism. I have never thought twice about what I wear. I don't worry about how I act in public. I can get on any public transport without a second thought. I can go to any shop in any country and find shampoo that's specifically for me. This is deep-rooted racism, and that's what scares me the most. Most white people have zero concept of how it feels, and most white people have zero concept that it's even happening. Having white privilege doesn't mean that you didn't work for where you are. It doesn't take away from what you've done. It just means that things were probably a little bit easier than for someone of color. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag Beat Racism Together. So I'm going to leave that there. 
that's how I feel about the situation. Um, I think a lot of people are cocooned by the lifestyle they're in, by the social constructs that we're in, by the social groups that we are in, um, and we are sheltered from the truth. But I hope that I hope that this will be a huge turning point in the history of mankind. I don't know whether it will. I think it probably won't be, but by God, I hope it is. And, and I'm going to leave that there, and I hope you guys can resonate with that. I hope you guys can understand my point of view, and I hope you can understand where I've come from there. Uh, and you can understand how my journey has changed. Um, my best friends in the world, you know, they're from different races, different colors, and I love every single one of them. I love you guys if you're if you're listening. Uh, we're going to move into a podcast Q and A. So I'm just going to ask, answer questions that you guys have been answering. Answering. <sighs> it's one of those days, isn't it? Let me just take a sip. See if we can get get us together. That was more of a chug. I'm going to answer questions that you've been asking over the last 24 hours. So then, um, I'm just literally just going to fire through these and see how many we can get through. Um, I'm probably going to ignore ones that are rubbish, um, but it is what it is. So, so first question here, um, coaching males versus females. Considerations, if any difference. Um, so... Contrary to popular belief, women are not small men. Uh, there is a lot of hormonal differences. We've got a menstruation to 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 take into account, and there's different phases um, of that menstruation that are going to have a huge effect on body composition. They're going to have a huge effect on energy demand. They're going to have a huge effect on recovery. So, for any of you girls out there listening, um, and you know a little bit about your your menstruation cycle, and you've kind of tracked it very very good you can you can potentially manipulate things uh based off where you are in your menstruation cycle um and 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 similarly for people who don't know where that is just start tracking and you can just have a little bit more know-how as where you're going so there's a luteal luteal phase um, and a follicular phase of the uh the cycle the menstruation cycle and when we look at breaking down uh, these two phases um obviously it's in a, in a 28 day cycle with you menstruating in the middle um, you've got that that follicular phase, the beginning phase, the first you know sort of days one to to, to, to fourteen. This is where estrogen is going to slowly slowly rise, um, and actually with estrogen comes higher ability to recover, and actually you might feel a little bit better, um, and and you might be able to handle a little bit more volume, which is which is really really cool. So. You can kind of think if you were thinking of this scale of naught to twenty eight days. Granted, not every girl out there is a naught to 28 day cycle you know tends to be they may be a little bit shorter sometimes they may be a little bit longer sometimes but generally within that four to we'll say three to five week period um, and then if you're using contraceptive the contraceptive this can be elongated and the spikes and peaks can be a little bit less so the first phase follicular phase estrogen rises until a point where you ovulate once you ovulate estrogen will greatly drop and progesterone will take over during the luteal phase which is the second phase so 14 you know the second or 14 to 28 days rather than naught to 14 days and then progesterone is going to suddenly rise and actually you're going to get the opposite effect of estrogen so 
you may feel weaker, your recovery may feel worse. This is when you might get those headaches and you might have those cramps and you're gonna feel a little bit rubbish, right? You guys know what happens when you go on your period. You, you have those feelings. That's just from, from, from estrogen crashing and progesterone rising. And you're gonna have these quote unquote side effects from that because progesterone, the hormone has effects. It's largely catabolic, actually. Uh, and the ability to grow muscle is a little bit harder during this phase. Um, but you can appreciate over a normal fit, uh, over a naught to 28, phase, uh, 28 day phase, it's it's sort of nullified because you have the up regulation of estrogen where you can kind of grow a little bit more the down regulation and the up regulation of progesterone that you can potentially you know not do that as 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 well you can potentially not grow as well and then obviously um after you've ovulated um and that's happened you're going to go through your period and your menstruational cycle towards the end of that 28 day period um so based off that and relating back to the question of coaching males versus females, you want to know where this period of time is. You want to have the girls tracking their cycle because not only, uh, I mean, I'd be very, very disinclined. So I wouldn't really want to change training based off the cycle because you're going to be changing training every two weeks and it's or every, you know, every two to three weeks. So you push 40 miles. So you kind of just have this. I like to say like take it when it's there I say this for most people to be fair but take it when it's there and when it's not like retain it retain it right because for girls they're gonna have that two to three periods where they think fuck I feel good let's go let's push it let's push it you know make the most of it let's go for men that's very consistent and it can be very consistent because hormones are much more consistent um and then when you've got the back end of it and you want to retain 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 you know progesterone's rising estrogen's coming down retain it come on work hard for it and ultimately, while that I use that for people and guys and girls, you know, push it when it's there and, and take it when it's not, it's more likely to be there for a guy. I mean, you're gonna have a lot more fluctuations with the girl. So I wouldn't change training too much. I'll just say to the girl, be conscious of it, understand these two phases, teach them a little bit about these phases, unless they already know. Well, they probably already know anyway, just from the side effects. They're probably, you're probably, they're probably not, in fact, girls who don't know about the phases and having a phase when you feel good and having a phase when you feel bad. You've probably nodded your head while I've said this. Um, for those of you guys who are well knowledge in this, then you know you, you can you can you can agree with this. Um, not only that, um, water retention, estrogen brings water retention. Um, progesterone will drop it. You know, ovulating, going through cramps, going through pain. You're going to go through systemic fatigue. You're going to go through systemic inflammation. You're going to gain water weight. So your fluctuations are going to be a lot more. Um, that's something to con consider when you do look at tracking your body weight is that, that it's going to fluctuate and actually your visuals are going to fluctuate a lot so this is where corresponding all the information along with your your menstruation cycle is going to come into into very very much handy because no one likes to be on a cut for for three or four months you know lose a lot of weight and then you know just keep spiking every like three weeks in like for like a kilo or two kilos i mean i know girls who can fluctuate three four kilos on the cycle so it's a head fuck at least but you just gotta let them understand it while understanding it yourself and then just move through that um through that process is that nice mum mumsy's had uh eggs avocado and salmon as you can hear smash down the plates in the background <laughs> I'm joking. Um, so what are your opinions on gyms reopening on the 4th? How would you socially distance proof them? A lot of people think I'm the government. I'm not. Um, like I, I'm sort of over it to a certain extent. I think that we should be reintroducing things right now. I mean, to be honest, 
I'm not the government. I don't have all the details. I don't have scientists scientists giving me the numbers. I don't have people giving me the advice. So honestly, it's irrelevant to me. It doesn't matter. I don't really like speculating because it just puts stress in your life. I don't like watching the news because it puts stress in your life. So however they do it, it's not up to me to think about it. But I can imagine it's super, super easy, right? You just wash your hands when you come in. You wipe down your machines. You've got two meters distance every other machine. Like it's super easy, right? It's, it doesn't take a, a genius to do that. Um, but you know, ultimately, regardless of what we all think, we're dealt with the situation we've got, and the government's going to do whatever the fuck they want anyway. So it doesn't really matter what I think. Um, but like, it seems that we're going the right way. It seems that we've gone through the first phase, we're into the second phase, and nothing really seems to be spiking at the moment. Fingers crossed we don't get a second spike, but I think that, that we're on the way to recovery, and we've been told 4th of July, so it's, we are just over four weeks out. Fingers crossed. Uh, mental health effects from energy drinks. So the only effect that I could think of at the top of my head is just going to be the psychological dependence on an energy drink. Like, for example, when I'm in prep, I sort of feel like I can't function without my energy drink in the morning. I know I'm drinking a monster right now, but I don't need this monster right now. You know, but when I'm on prep, I'm a bit like, nah, 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 I need that. <laughs> or I'm not going to have a good day. So the psychological dependence on it is not a good thing, but... If you're if you've got the ability to not be psychologically dependent on it and it's only temporary, I don't see the big effect. I don't think anything directly from uh like Monsters 3D energy drinks is going to have an effect on your mental health unless there's a predisposition there, unless there is something underlying there already and it's just exacerbating it. You know, caffeine can induce anxiety a little bit, so if you have too many of those, you know, the stems, but I mean there's not really much in these. There's a bit of colouring and a bit of sweeteners and artificial flavourings, but I can't see those having an effect on your brain. Um but, you know, alas, I may be wrong, I'm not I'm not the leading researcher in artificial sweeteners and artificial drinks and energy drinks. I do like I do like the white monster as I drink it now. But nothing compares to a three D energy drink. It actually doesn't. The flavor is too good. The, the the fizz stays for longer, but the fizz is also not as fizzy as a monster, so you don't have to burp and you don't get as bloated. I can't wait for them to come back. They're getting restocked in uh, at Insight very, very soon, which I'm excited for. It should be good. Um, I, I do get questions about supplements a lot, right? So favorite supplements of all times and the reasons why, because people people search. They search for an answer. They look for it. How do I get the biggest arms? Which supplement's going to make me grow the most? And I've been there. And I've done that. And I've been down the creatine the creatine hall. I've tried 15 grams a day and got headaches chronically. I've tried 7 grams because I want to be even bigger. None of it is going to make a fucking difference. <laughs> there is very, very little that a supplement is going to do. Right? First and foremost, you should be covering largely I appreciate it's very very difficult I appreciate you need a lot of thought um, and a lot of um, food, different types of foods to, to, to hit all of your micronutrient goals someone good to follow actually here is Joe Jeffrey I know that he absolutely nails his micronutrient goals off very little calories and very little like carbs and fats because of the vegetables that he's getting in so I'd highly recommend going to him 
or, or at least just starting to follow him and, and just looking at what he does in terms of micronutrients. So in terms of favorite supplements, right, we'll take it, we'll take it on face value. I love a pre-workout. We love a pre-workout. Everyone loves having a fucking pre-workout flowing. You're getting that little feeling tickle up your spine, almost like a low-dose MDMA type thing. And you just think, ooh, it's going to be a good one today. You know, especially when the sun's out and you've got a nice little sour raspberry attack on you. Josh Tenford discount. And and you've got the tunes in the background. The boys are coming over. Big session in. But, like, it feels good because you get that caffeine rush, a little bit of nootropic feeling. And, and you get that light. So I do love a pre-workout. I'm not going to lie about it. Is it the best thing for you? Of course it's not. Of course it's not. Caffeine raises blood pressure. Um over the long term, especially when it's like three, four hundred milligrams. We're not just talking about a coffee here. Um, dependence, potentially. Um, you need to take a break. If anyone taking a caffeine break, you get withdrawal. Like anything that gives you withdrawal, in my opinion, is not necessarily good for you in the long run. So you've got to be very conscious of that. Another favorite supplement for me is Intra. I do love an Intra. I don't know what it is, whether it's placebo, whether it's real, but it gives me more energy. It gives me more energy. Um, but there's also a little bit more to consider than just the carbohydrates and, and the essential amino acids that I'm consuming. Sure, there's a little bit of research to say they may potentially reduce a little bit of muscle protein breakdown, potentially swinging that balance a little bit more in terms of muscle protein synthesis. However, for me, I almost feel like the benefits come from the hydration. So with all the intra-workouts that I use, I either add or they've got in potassium, sodium, taurine, um, uh, what is it? Ast- Astogen? Nah, I'm making that up. Something else that helps the absorption of, of these electrolytes, along with all the water. Like I, I really noticed the, the hydration benefits, and I do. And, and, I, and I, and I, especially when it's hot, especially now when it's hot and I'm dripping and I'm training in my house and I've got my top off and I'm dripping. Like I do really feel like it helps. So, pre-workout, intra-workout, and a protein. Like, I love like protein for me is super super easy. Because I've got 300 grams of protein, right? That's a lot of chicken and a lot of beef and a lot of eggs. Um, so I, I have protein shakes. I do. I have 70 grams of whey. And for whatever reason, it's fine for me. It doesn't affect my digestion, so I get them down. So those are probably my three favorites. Appreciate they're not really like any, they're not like sexy supplements. They're just supplements that help, you know? It's very, very difficult to say, oh my God, you've got to try this supplement. You've got to try this fat burner. You've got to try this this blood pressure tablet. Do you know, like people don't really talk about them like that. So <laughs> we've got to go from there. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to scroll through these, see if there's anything a little bit, a little bit saucy, a little bit saucy. Better to have set meals or structured meals. Um, very, very personal dependent. I, I did a very long time off set meals because I thought I want to be this guy who doesn't miss a step, who doesn't miss a micro, who doesn't miss a macro. So I followed a meal plan for two years. Same, same shit, different day. Um, you got to appreciate for a coach, right? The, the my least favorite part of coaching is making people diet plans because I don't fucking know what you want to eat. Do you know what I mean? Like I just put stuff that. I would want to eat and it's optimal on page but people don't want to eat that and I don't fucking blame them I don't want to eat rice chicken and loads and loads of veggies three times a day like I appreciate you can make it you can make it taste nice but people don't really want to do that so I really really encourage if it fits your macros I think if it fits your macros is basically if it fits your macros for those of you who've been living under a rock or just don't necessarily know 
if it fits your macros means you can eat it if it fits your macros. So you got your macronutrients, which are your protein, carbs, and fat goals for the day. And you can eat anything you like as long as you're hitting your macros. So yes, you can eat McDonald's three times a day if it hits those protein, carbs, and fats. And you're going to have the similar results. Granted, you ain't going to be as healthy, um, but you can have similar results. So I really, really think that if it fits your macros, is the healthiest thing to do for a few reasons. If you're taking it right. If it fits your macros, doesn't mean you eat about bag of shit. It doesn't mean you just go from Subway to KFC to McDonald's to Burger King. It means you pick nice, single-ingredient food with lots of different vegetables, lots of different fruits. You know, there's only so many fruit you can eat in a day if you've got a certain amount of macros, right? So maybe one day you have apples and berries. Maybe the next day you have bananas and strawberries, you know, and you can mix those up. And each one of those pieces of fruit is going to have a different micronutrient profile. Each different protein source is going to have a different micronutrient profile. You take the micronutrients of chicken, you compare it to beef, you know, there's a lot more iron and, and, and metals in, in beef. You can get a lot more out of that in terms of micronutrition. So thinking about things on that level really, really work. I think that having a rotation of foods works. I think that if it fits your macros, also gives you that 10% flexibility that you need for just psychological peace, which is a psychological benefit. So for me, like yesterday, I did a full day of eating. You guys are going to see it on the YouTube channel today. Um, I, I had Pop-Tarts. I had Pop-Tarts because I fucking like, I like a Pop-Tart. Who cares? I like Pop-Tarts. Leave me alone. I want to enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, 90% of my food is single ingredient, rice, chicken, potato, beef, you know, tuna, salmon whatever it is, it's, it's one ingredient with a few little spices on top. And then I have a Pop-Tart, which is like 20 ingredients, all right? And then I'm drinking a Monster, which is like 30 ingredients. Is what it is, right? You know, having that percentage that you can give or take, I think massively helps psychologically. You know, when you're in a prep and you think, fuck, I've really got to have egg whites again. Don't get me wrong, when you're on prep, you love egg whites. You do. And you're going to have to have egg whites because your fats go so low. But sometimes maybe I feel like I just want to shake. You know what? Actually, you know what? I want some just chicken this morning because I want to chew a little bit more. And and you do that, and you can have that flexibility, and it really, really, it sets you up for life, in my opinion, because it 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 allows you to appreciate the macronutrient density and amounts of each food. It teaches you about rotation, and it doesn't. It teaches you that you don't need to eat the same shit every day. You know, and it will massively, massively help you having that flexibility. Uh, ever have cheat meals? So I get asked this a lot because I don't ever post a cheat meal. Um, when I'm cutting or mini cutting or, yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I just switch it off. I switch off. They are not conducive to my goal. I have a hundred million years. I say that. I have like 70 years. Wait, how old am I? 27. Mm, I have like 60. Mm, I have like 50 years left on this planet. Gauging, by the way, I live my lifestyle. I got 50 years to be what I want, you know? I've got this mini goal right now, maybe five to 10 years of my life where I can sacrifice, and I'm content with that. Because guess what, in between those sacrifices, I have a fucking cheat meal every now and again. You know, very, very rarely. Like, I'm doing a 10 to 12 week cut right now. There's no need for me to have loads of food off this. I've got 2,700 calories. It doesn't feel like a cheat meal. I can stick a burger in there, bro, you know? I've got these uh, patty and bun, if you guys know patty and bun, or if you guys follow the YouTube channel, me and, me and uh, my girlfriend, we had patty and bun the other day, you know, and it's like a juicy burger, sure. Maybe not the best thing in terms of micronutrients, sure. Has 30 grams of fat out of my 70 grams of fat allowance for the day on rest days. But so what? Like, 
It's still in my macros. People call it a cheat meal. I don't. It's in my macros. It's fine. Cheating sounds like you're doing something negative to your diet, right? A, a, a quote-unquote cheat meal would be... Well, for me, a cheat meal means you've been given a set amount of macros and you've not done them because you've cheated on your diet. Do you know what I mean? I prefer like off-plan meal, but right. I, I granted, I'm going on a tangent here. I appreciate the guy probably meant off-plan meal. Um, but there, in, there is no way in hell I'm having one on a prep unless I'm been, I've been told to have one, you know? And even when we have refeeds, they're not cheat meals. They are the exact same foods I've been eating because I'm focused on digestion performance and the look. It's irrelevant from how I feel internally, you know? If I've got a little bit of time uh, in between shows, if I've got a little bit of time for a mini cut, then maybe I'll have it. Or maybe I'll, maybe I'll throw one in if I really, really need one, or it's a special time, like a birthday or something. Then sure, you know what? The flexibility is not going to kill me. Off season, yeah, one one or two a week. Um, but generally speaking, I'm keeping to that. I mean, do you know what? In an off season, I'm so fucking full anyway because I'm having five and a half thousand calories. I don't really crave cheat meals. I just crave things that I can get in that are high calorie, which end up being like sushi, Nando's, and things like that. Um, I'm not a huge fan of like super unhealthy food. Just in terms of like, I could very rarely have a Five Guys. I love a Five Guys, but I could very rarely have it because my head's like, it's just not good for me. You know, I couldn't really like a McDonald's. But sushi, fish and rice, I could get away with it. Bit of mayo, sure, I could do a little bit of cholesterol. And similarly for Nando's. All right, you've got a bit of skin in your chicken, but it's fucking good chicken at Nando's. You know it's good chicken at Nando's, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, overrated, not very useful, commonly seen exercises in the gym. This is a good question. Um, squat, bench, and deadlift. Just to ruffle a few feathers. You do not need to be doing these. Absolutely, you do not need to be doing these. Um, I think that I think that they're massively overrated in terms of the actual stimulus on the muscle you're trying to get. I think they're massively overrated in terms of the stimulus to the central nervous system that you're going to be receiving. So fatigue is going to be through the roof. I also don't think they're the safest movements. So I'd say those three. Uh, those three. Um, what's something people seem to misunderstand about you? Uh, I feel like I'm fairly transparent. I feel like people sort of see me for who I am. I, I, I definitely... I definitely don't hide anything. I feel like people sort of get... I mean, the only thing... And uh, this is probably going to make some people laugh. The only thing, and probably people go, oh, yeah, for sure, is that people think or assume that I copy people like Tom, TM Cycles, or Brightman, for example. Like, for example, the latest thing is, oh, bro, you copy TM Cycles because you put a hairband in, you got a, a zigzag band. It's like, what... Do you mean like during quarantine I haven't had my hair cut for 12 weeks and I put a hairband in because my hair's so long. I'm cut now. Cut. Isn't, that's just a normal thing that people do, right? You know, or like when people see me posting like videos of me playing COD and they're like, oh, you're just copying TM Cycles because motherfucker, I've been playing games for 18 years. I've played every COD since COD 4. Like, no, like this is just, we are, there's a reason why me and Tom are friends. There's a reason why me and Joe are friends because we have similar interests. We like to rave. We like to game. We like to look good. We have good sense of well. He has a good, very good sense of fashion. I try and have a good sense of fashion. You know, we're we're into good food. We're into going on like that's just what we're into, right? So, people very often put us in a put us in a too 
two peas in a pod type thing when we actually just play our own games and it just so happens that we we cross paths a lot and that's just the way it is so i'm i'm, I'm i don't think people even misunderstand that too right that happens very 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 infrequently money from youtube versus coaching versus merch um that's literally it that's all they've put so money from youtube uh it's largely irrelevant don't really get much at all maybe a hundred to two hundred pound a month for at the moment we're doing a video every three days so let's just say three videos a week 15 to twenty thousand views so for sixty thousand views this is being very generous by the way sixty thousand views a week so two a quarter of a million views a month i get 100 quid max I've I've had 150 quid once. That was when um, the ugly truth of getting shredded went viral. It had like 1.2 million followers, million views on it in like a few days or something because it got caught in the in the algorithm. And that's when I got 150 quid. Now it's like 100 quid. So it's really just not it's not worth it. I usually just take that money and I'll just put it into whatever a videographer or to be there like one Instagram post from a from a videographer is about 100 quid. So you don't you don't you don't really you don't really get much from YouTube, but of course it comes in other ways. You build a brand, you get people to understand that you know about coaching and and coaching and merch is where I make most of my money and also the sponsors. And of course, like with YouTube, people build into your brand, they see your sponsors, they buy from the sponsors, you get money from the sponsors because they buy for your code and stuff. So you can appreciate that YouTube is like a it's like a, it's like a, it's, it's, you don't it's like not direct money indirect money you know it, it facilitates it facilitates money elsewhere if that makes sense and I, I, unfortunately that's the way you got to think about YouTube these days unless you're like a huge into like kids like you're a kids YouTuber or if you're a huge vlogger with n- not necessarily um, content that's not for kids like the kid they're really rewarding like younger audiences at the moment i th- I do think youtube is a younger audience anyway but because i talk about steroids because i talk about you know because i swear because we you know maybe not necessarily 100 percent appropriate for, for younger children i just i just don't get the money from it um in terms of merch like i don't make money off my merch in the sense that every single bit of profit i get i reinvest into it right so uh, originally, I was just Josh Bridgman Limited, which is just, um, I used to put everything through it. And then I realized it could be a little bit more tax efficient if I get another company, put my merch through there. So now I have 1MR, the company. Now I have Josh Bridgman, which does um, which does all my coaching. So Josh Bridgman Limited is my coaching. 1MR is for my sponsors and my merch because they're completely separate from earning earning incomes or whatever so sponsors and stuff sure like that'll go into my business bank and and we'll reinvest that money wherever it sees fit for example it's you know because the the sponsor money isn't like massive it's built it's built it's built up over over the years and i've just put it into a pot and it allowed me to get you know whatever a t-bar row and, and this stuff and whatever in terms of the merch so let's say for example um we could take it way back. I mean, the first thing I did was like 50 hoodies or something. So I was 50 hoodies. I don't know how much they cost me in my head. I can't remember back then. But I took whatever it was, X amount of money. Let's just say a grand for the sake of it. It's, I think it was way less than that originally for 50. Oh, in fact, no, it wasn't, was it? I don't know. There's no point in talking about numbers. I can't remember them. So anyway, let's just say take a grand. I spend a grand on all that merch, on postage, on 
holding them because at the moment I pay someone to hold all of my merch there. That's going to change soon. And then uh, I whatever profit I have, you know, let's say I make two hundred pound profit, and I so I, so I put in a thousand, I get twelve hundred back. You know, I then put twelve hundred back in, get fifteen hundred back, put fifteen hundred in, get two thousand back. You know, and I just literally rotate that. So I've never made any money from my merch on paper, right? Of course, I've made profit, but that profit goes straight back into the brand because if you want to reinvest, reinvest into the brand reinvest into growing it that's that's essentially what you need to do invest it in terms of videography in terms of different samples in terms of getting the 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 final product right in terms of you know like you can like so for the first hoodies they were beta right they were just my logo done hoodie get out cool then we changed the hem then we changed the sleeves then i actually got imprints on the inside then i got biodegradable bags then i got tags you know and, and each one has been an upgrade and upgrade and you've got to pay a little bit more each time so you that merch just reinvests into it into itself and then the coaching money um is going to pay my rent hopefully when i move to london so we'll see <laughs> okay then there's a lot of questions about um george floyd but we we kind of established that at the beginning next tattoo next tattoo um i'm only going to run for about Two more questions. We're on 33 minutes at the moment, but I think my next tattoo, um, there's this thing that me and my mum say to each other. I say pretty much every night. I say, you know, I love you. And then she say, love you more. Like, that's just what we've said. I don't know for how long, but for years and years and years. Or she'll say, love you, but love you more. Like, just the little thing that you say between your parents or whatever. So I was thinking to get my mum to to write out in her, in her handwriting and I'd get that put on me somewhere. I'm still going to stay away. I'm still going to keep things largely inconspicuous because of the competing. The one on my ankle, I'm starting to think I probably shouldn't have got it, even though it's not a big one. But you can see it pretty clearly if I'm posing. I don't want anyone looking at my ankle thinking, what does that say? What does that say? Let me just read it. Um, so I'll probably get it, you know, maybe forearm, maybe under bicep. Nah, I mean, you don't want to do a front butt, butt double bicep and have lovey more there. So I'd find somewhere inconspicuous for it. Um, and the next one would probably be um, a pair of skis because uh, for those of you guys who have followed my dad's journey um, and his basically got a spine injury, not from skiing, but when we we went skiing in 2017 in Bulgaria and that was the first moment. I see, I, this is a bit of a weird one, isn't it? But that was the first moment that he started feeling his toes and his ankles and his feet go numb because he was having basically in very very short his uh, artery latched onto a vein in his back you can imagine artery pumps more blood volume blew that blew that uh, blew the vein up destroyed the nerves in his back can't walk paralyzed from the waist down but the first time that he felt that building up was in bulgaria when he was skiing so i don't know if i'd want to get that because it reminds me of the injury that he had also that was a very very fun moment that was the last time we ever and ever will go skiing together and we've been skiing together since we were four since i was four so 23 years of skiing will never ever happen again because my dad is now paralyzed from it so not from skiing but so, so yeah i don't know whether i want to be reminded of that or cherish that it's a bit of a bittersweet one isn't it really so probably something to think of there um go in on coronavirus i want to hear your opinion on the lockdown and the new normal uh, I, I, yeah, I'm very tempted to go in, but also not. I think, um, 
I think a lot of what we've been told is just not real. I think that the numbers have been overinflated. In fact, the WHO, um, the World Health Organization, have just been have just said we overinflated. We just overinflated like thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of of um, of of cases, and actually we're just putting them down to symptoms. You've got a cough. You've got a symptom of COVID nineteen. All right, you're gonna die. You of COVID nineteen. I just think like when you're about to kick it, when you are on your deathbed, you probably have a bit of a cough. You probably feel pretty rubbish. You probably have like fever-like symptoms because you're about to die, right? That's just kind of the way it goes. So I don't know. I found that a little bit confusing to say the least. Also, things like, uh, you know, things like Madagascar and how the the president tested like a thousand or no, I don't think it was that many. I think it was like a hundred COVID nineteen tests they got sent by the WHO and like goat, and also like a melon genetic material tested positive for it. There's just things like that which I'm just like, what the fuck are we, we talking about? Like, I don't, why, why is it test positive for a fucking melon and a goat when it's supposed to be testing humans for COVID nineteen? So there's things that like confuse the fuck out of me. So I, I always just take it all with a with a pinch of a pinch of salt, to be honest. Um, are you worried about infertility? No, not really. I don't really want kids. Um, but also, I'm pretty confident in the way that I can come back. Uh, we can kind of mimic LH, FSH to the best of our ability with uh, other hormones. And we can kind of get spermatogenesis to boom again. Some people may never ever come back again once you start. But I would back, back it. But also, I don't really want a fucking kid. Um... Would it be great to hear your take on trace sources of macros? So I've talked a little bit about trace sources. So basically a trace source of a macro is like the protein in a bagel, uh, the the fat in oats, and, and would you count those? Because they're not direct sources, so you don't necessarily get... So for the protein, you don't get a full spectrum of amino acids. For the fats, you don't get all the micronutrients from fat. For example, if you've got all your fat from oats, you know, you're missing out on key, key omegas and ingredients like that, unless you've got it refortified with that stuff. Um, so I did go through a period of time when I said you should count your highly bioavailable protein first. So let's say you have 250 grams of protein, but of that 70 grams of it is from bagels, rice, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're like accruing throughout the day. And you've got 180 grams from meat, chicken and full spectrum amino acid profile, um, proteins. And I was very much on that fence, but now I'm very much a count it all but just get like at least 30 grams from a from a good source, right? So my my protein, right, you've got your five meals a day. Put your proteins in first. You know, make sure there's at least 30 grams there from chicken, from eggs, from whey, from meat, from whatever it is if you're vegan, combining a complete protein source to get that 30 grams. And then whatever is accrued afterwards, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm largely fine with it. For me, I aim about 50 grams of that, um, but for most people, 30, 30 to 60 grams, depending how big you are, the bigger you are, 60, 70 grams, the smaller you are, 30 grams, and you'd be absolutely fine from a whole source of that food. Um, but I wouldn't worry too much about it. Count it all, but just be very, very conscious where you're getting it from. I'm going to leave that there. That's 40 minutes. That's long. Uh, there was loads more questions. I just, you know, tr it's very difficult to not, not to sound samey as you guys can appreciate. A lot, I mean, a Q and A's do get old, especially when you get asked the same thing over and over again. Um, but we try and keep it fresh. We try and keep it real. If you've got any questions at all, let me know. Otherwise, guys, we'll speak soon. 
don't forget to leave a little review on the podcast we've got 250 reviews that's insane quarter of a thousand so any more greatly appreciated see you soon guys peace and love